GiantKiller.co and the By George Podcasting Network present the By George Podcast with Brian Lawrence and Chris Jones, the original George Mason Basketball Podcast. They're on their feet here. Bye, George. We are back. And not only are we back, we got an upcoming season ahead of us. We got a brand new coach. We got like 35 new players. This is the time to hone in and get acclimated with Mason basketball as we got a season up ahead. And there's no better guest in the world to do this with than Tony Skin. And we got him on here right now. Tony, say what's up to Mason Nation. Mason Nation, what's going on, man? It's glad to be back. I'm super excited. Um, can't can't wait to see what the future holds, man. I'm, I'm super glad to be back. Brian yeah. Lawrence, and, 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 I, and, and I'm here with Chris Jones. Uh, Chris, I want to hear just kind of your, uh, your take, your excitement. Obviously a fan uh, during multiple runs. What's your take when you first heard that coach got the job? So, yeah, it was a dream come true. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you asked any Mason fan who they would, you know, want, uh, you know, out of, out of, you know, anybody in the country, we, we, we want one of our own. So, you know, whenever Tony's name came up and, and we started pushing that, I think we were pretty much, you know, we had our blinders on, like we just wanted Tony's skin. And, you know, I'm so thankful that, you know, we were able to to get him as the 12th head coach of George Mason. Now, uh, you know, since March 30th, Tony, it's been an absolute whirlwind. You know, you, you were, you know, coaching, uh, you know, at, over at Maryland as an assistant, you get a call. What's it been like since March 30th till now, uh, late September, you know, you've, you've built a staff, you've built a roster, you know, you've had to do the opening presser. What, what's it been like? you know, over the last few months? Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, man. It's just been um, just several stages of, of going through this thing, trying to, you know, learn as much as possible on the fly. I remember when I got the job, obviously I was excited um, when I got that call from George Mason, um, you know, transitioning from the NCAA tournament. There was a lot of things going on in College Park, but once I got that call, I really just started focusing on, well, if you get this job, you know, this is this is your opportunity to, you know, get your first job. But more importantly, you know, this is this is your alma mater. This is home. And like you mentioned earlier, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people um, have kind of been waiting on this moment where um, we were we, we kind of went back to um, what I would call the originator, which is the coach tree um, and, and just being in that position to over the last couple of years of my career, things have just kind of gone, you know, in my favor. I, I, you know, I wanted that opportunity, but more importantly, I wanted to be as ready as possible um, given um, the state of our roster. And that was one of the first things that I did. You know, you go from trying to prep from, you know, your hotel, you know, trying to prep in a hotel for your presser um, and then getting out of the presser. And then finally, you know, the buzz dies down a little bit and you go into your office and you're like, I got to put a roster together and I got to go get 10 guys. 
Um, it's just a lot of different, different things that I knew, um, given the opportunity, I was slightly ready for. I knew my staff. I knew who I wanted to hire for the most part. Um, I think the only person um, staff-wise that I didn't think was going to leave was um, Steve Kern from St. Bonaventure, who's been up there for such a long time, um, well-respected coach um, in the league. You know, St. Bonaventure has done a lot with little. Um, and getting on the phone with him, it was a little bit of a reach. Um, but he wanted something, you know, something different. He came down, interviewed him. Once I got him on board, um, and I'll get into um, kind of the guys that um, we ended up having to get. I was impressed by Coach Kern just because, you know, I was making calls, you know, trying to get, you know, different guys in, in the portal, trying to just get a feel of what they were trying to do. And for some reason, St. Bonaventure just kept coming up. Um, and I'm like, who, who, who the hell is recruiting, you know, all these kids um, from St. Bonaventure? And right when I got Steve's information, because I didn't know him, um, it ended up being Coach Steve. And so that impressed me a lot. And um, yeah, like that's just kind of that's just kind of how so, this so, from day one um, to I guess you could say day ten. So you're telling me you didn't know Steve prior to all of this? Like I did you not know. Have... Wow. Okay. I did not. I had my um. You know, I need. I knew Coach Mike. Um, obviously, I knew Coach um, Lewis. Um, obviously, Lamar Butler. Um, you know, Coach Mark. I did not know, but I originally hired. For that position, the guy came and just left. But Coach Mark, I knew a little bit. Um, but outside of those guys, I did not know Coach Steve. Did someone put you on? Did you did you did you strategically want someone that was from the A10? Like how did yes, that yes. I wanted I wanted to be strategic because again, you know, you get your, your first job, man. I made the mistake of going to the final four, but I had to go because I wanted to interview a few people. You know, you get bombarded. And when I say bombarded, it's an understatement because everybody it's such a hard business and everybody wants a chance and when you're connected and you know different people, it's hard to actually understand that they think their way into the business is through their relationship with you. That was a lesson learned. Um, but yes, I went down to Houston and I did not, um, I did not know Coach Steve, but he came highly recommended um, through a couple of people that we know mutually. And I just liked his profile. I did want somebody that had experience in this league. That was my biggest thing. Um, and not just somebody that had experience, but somebody that had, you know, some success with where they were. And he's just, he checked off that box. He's a veteran. Um, he's been coaching, you know, longer than all of us on his staff. Um, and I just thought that type of experience would be good for me um, in year one. We think that's a slam dunk hire. Um, and so, you know, I was, I got a chance to watch a, a practice and a, and a couple summer, whatever they're called. And I, uh, I, I noticed that he was really working the bigs and I know that he worked big work um, with St. Bonaventure as well as, is that is that like what have you seen in him, you know, that compares to other big men coaches? Because, you know, I feel like uh, we got some good size. You know, I'm excited to see how we use them. You know, what's he kind of bringing on a on a day to day in practice? Again, he's, he's done a tremendous job of just building relationships with our guys. Again, when you put together such a new team, a um, bunch of different, different personalities, a bunch of different guys that, you know, come from different programs. Um you know, having a guy that's experienced that guys can trust is is, is the first thing. Um, but more importantly, man, even at his old age, like he's out there getting active. You know, obviously, I, I consider myself a younger coach and the rest of my staff were fairly young. Um, he's kind of the veteran. But when you come watch a practice, you really you really can't tell the difference. And I think there's a big, big trust factor when you got a guy that's grinding, not a guy that's just standing there and pointing and saying, hey, do this, do that. Like he's getting active in those drills. And I saw that in the first couple of workouts. 
And in my mind, you know, I get active as well. Um, but I was able to just kind of take a step back and say, you know what, this guy has done it. He's done it at that position, especially. Um, and I trusted with him and so, so far so good. And so with Lewis and Mike, you know, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that you knew that they were going to be, you know, a part of your, your staff, like right from the get go. What was it about them that you knew that, you know, they were going to just up and leave their current roles? Like, and, and then what kind of plan did you have for them? Like, you know, you're going to have someone as like a recruiter or did you want to have someone as, you know, X's and O's like, so, so how did you view them? Well, I, 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 you know, over the years, I built a, a really good relationship with Mike Econon. Um, Mike was at, he was previously just at Sam Houston State as an assistant. He was actually headed elsewhere, and I won't say where, um, through that transition. He was there for about 10 days. And when I gave him a call, I, you know, it was a 50-50 decision for him. Um, I've been impressed with him um, prior to getting his job just because, you know, he's worked at, at Texas a with Buzz Williams. Um, he's worked at Arkansas and Nevada for Eric Musselman. And he's also worked at Memphis um, with Josh Pastner, and he spent some time with the Spurs as well. Um, a guy that can survive in those places, in those environments at that level, um, brings a lot to the table. And he's a guy that we've always had. We've always had different conversations, different basketball conversations, and he had a lot of roles and a lot of responsibilities at each and every one of those um, programs and I like that profile and he has a good reputation of being someone that re re that can recruit nationally um, the thing about George Mason but also the A-10 in general I think it's a place that you can really recruit nationally um, we all know the DMV is, is is rich with talent but given the academic profile given playing in a major city given a really good league that you can play in other major cities I think that becomes very very attractive to not just guys within our region but also guys outside of that region um and, and proof of that is you know one of our guys that we do have committed i can't say his name but we do have committed in the 2024 class and so i was confident with what um with what mike was able to do um and his experience with the previous coaches that he's worked under and then lewis hennock for me it was just one of those things where i've always respected lou lou's been a part of a very very successful program um that's been his only stop um, but I also needed somebody who was respected in the DMV that could not necessarily take some take some things off of me, but just um, additional help as well in the DMV. Because now I'm going from, you know, being that top assistant that's recruiting, that's doing a whole bunch of different things, but a whole bunch of other responsibilities now come with that. And just having someone who can um, who can kind of get the same thing done in this region that, you know, that's it's going to be 75 percent of our recruiting. Um, Coach Lou brought that to the table. He was a high-level player at Boston College. He's well-respected in the area. Um, and I was just confident that, you know, within all of that, from a basketball standpoint, I knew the personalities um, would fit, if that makes sense. A lot of times you have different people that, you know, get assimilated on staffs and different things that might not always make sense. And guys end up just being um, kind of just doing their own thing. I mean, we've been – you know, one of the things I've been impressed with, not just my guys on the floor, but also my staff, there's, um, you know, I can't tell you, I can't say more than, I can't say more than enough about how good we've been as a staff um, so far. I love to hear it, uh, you know, and, and it's just to, to think about, you know, all that you've kind of accomplished in a short amount of time only gets us more excited uh, for the season. You know, I think uh, we're pretty excited about the staff. Uh, we're excited about the players that you brought in. And now that I've 
kind of seen three practices. Um, I, I, I have some questions and I want to kind of dive into the players. And before I think we can do that, I think it's important to, to better understand your scheme, not in a way that would obviously be a disadvantage to you later on, but just in a, like a basics X's and O's. So if I, if I ever go too far, if I, if I just tell me to be quiet, Brian, you know, just <laughs> stop talking, but I do have a, like, based on what I've seen, I do have a couple questions yeah. Um, and then once we kind of establish kind of, you know, the direction you want to go on the court, we're going to kind of, uh, go into the players and see how they're going to fit and mix, um, yeah. Patriot pressure, uh, definitely something that like, uh, if you follow by George, you know, that we've been, uh, we've been, we, we've really wanted to have, uh, I think there's some jealousy to havoc, uh, in VCU and just like watching that for so many years. You know, it's just like you kind of want to have that, too. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, nobody really understands, like, what type of pressure is that three quarters court? Is that like half court zone? Is it four court man? Is it all of the above? And it's just Patriot pressure is just a umbrella for all different types of looks like what does what what is our like a, a Tony skin uh, pressure defense going to look like? I think I mean, you kind of hit it on the head in your last statement. I think Patriot pressure is just an overall umbrella of what I want this program to be. Um, obviously that starts on the floor with the way that our guys compete, um, from a basketball, uh, scheme standpoint, we are going to press. Um, I don't mind saying it's going to be a two, two, one press. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I learned along the way and just given the type of depth that we have and the way we recruited, um, initially I wasn't sure if I wanted to press. Um, but if you look at the guys that, you know, we've been able to put together on this staff, I think from a depth standpoint, being able to manage those guys and get those guys on the floor, you are going to see a press. Now, again, we're not going to be pressing um, the whole game, but we're going to be pressing and playing and creating energy um, based off our defense. Um, you know, offensively, I am going to give these guys a little bit more freedom than I think you've probably seen um, in the last couple of years here, here at George Mason. When you recruit the type of guys that I've been able to get out of the portal, um, guys from this area, got to be able to give those guys some sort of offensive freedom. Um, but within that, hold them um, accountable defensively. And that's what you're going to see. I love to hear that. Uh, and I want to kind of expand on that a little bit um, because something that kind of the former coach would say is that he gave, you know, guys like eight or so set seconds. He had like a, he had like a time frame. you know, uh, he had, they had this many, this much time to create and then it went to a play. I'm kind of curious on what you mean by, you know, flexibility in the offense. And then also, Based on something I saw, it seemed to me like there's going to be an emphasis on uh, moving without the ball to to create points and, and to get buckets. And that's, you know, we settled for a lot of threes. Not set, Settle's not the right word. We took a lot of threes um, in the past couple of years. So I'm wondering, like, I'm kind of seeing an emphasis on attacking the bucket. So, you know, kind of a two-point question there. And then, and then I think we're going to get into the players. Yeah, I think, you know, we want to be aggressive, just like anybody else. We do want to try to score in the first eight seconds. I think that's the point of the game. Um, but when we don't have that advantage, we want to play, we want to use spacing. Uh, we want to be able to touch paint. We want to be able to play off of each other. Freedom doesn't mean that we're going to just be helter-skelter. I think that the personality and the IQ of um, this team, you're going to have a chance to see guys that, that can play in the ball screen, make reads for each other, make reads for themselves. Um, and so you'll see a lot of driving, you'll see a lot of passing, you'll see a lot of ball screens. Um, we'll be able to throw the ball inside. You know, I think the last couple of years and 
credit to, to the previous staff with Josh Aduro. Um, I think that they were very, very, you know, in a sense, one dimensional where the ball went inside a lot. Um, we want that as well. But I think we have some really, really good perimeter players. If you look at our personnel as we'll go through it, uh, we've got a chance to be able to play inside out as well. And, and real quick, you know, have you modeled your offense, you know, around anything or anybody that you've you know worked with in the past? Is there someone that influences, you know, your your current current off offensive style? Yeah, it's a it's a culmination of, um, you know, my, my first stop was at Louisiana Tech with Eric Conkle, um, you know, who gave me my first opportunity. So I learned a lot in those three years. And then I was able to transition to um, Seton Hall for those three years and then spent the year in Ohio State and then right back with Maryland. I'm sorry, right back with Maryland with uh, with Kevin Willard. And so for me and my brain, um, it's a combination of of, you know, those guys that I worked with and worked for, but also a combination of some of my personal experiences as a player playing internationally, you know, playing at George Mason. Um, it's a culmination of all that. Um, and so hopefully that, that answers your question a little bit. And so like, if, if we're going to look at, you know, the, the story of Tony's skin right now, and, and from the moment he was hired, you know, we already went through, you know, the staff that you assembled and then, you know, sort of the brand of basketball that you want to play. I think we should next get into, you know, the roster construction because you arrive and there's, essentially three to four players that you inherit, um, you know, what is it like to essentially build a roster from the ground up, you know, something that you can shape and mold and, and get guys that you want to play a particular style. What, what is it like to kind of come in and, and, you know, again, three to four guys and, and know that you have to get 10 guys you know, yeah. before October. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I would say looking back at it, it happened so fast. Um, and it felt like it was easy just because it happened so fast. Um, it wasn't easy at all because, again, in my mind, I knew the type of um, team that I wanted. I knew the type of system that I want to run. Again, we talk about Patriot pressure. You can't have Patriot pressure if you don't have the personnel that, that fits that or matches that. And so getting in the portal and having a chance to recruit different guys, um, you know, we were fortunate. I, I, I got to give credit to my staff, all three of those guys, I mean, they worked the lines to where it was one of those things where given the style of play and what needed to fit, we, we said no to some guys and we were able to really bring in the guys that I thought fit what, you know, what, what, what I'm trying to do here. Um, if you want me to go into detail about every guy I can, is that do we want to transition now or? Yeah. And, and I, I think first let's just highlight, you know, the guys that returned, uh, okay. I think it speaks, speaks a lot to, to, you know, who they are. And, and I'm specifically wanting to point out Malik and Ronald, who have now, you know, been at Mason through three coaches. I the mean, coaches. you're the third. Yeah, you're you're their third coach. I don't know if that's ever even happened at Mason no, before. So, well, like, so like to us, like those guys are like dedicated Patriots through and through. Like them deciding to come back meant a whole lot to I think the fan base. And and so just kind of you know touch on what it meant to to get them to return. You know, obviously getting Dinkins, and then you know you you also had uh, Austin Ball. You know recommit I guess uh, you know what was it like to, to sort of bring in those guys uh, from the previous regime yeah no I mean credit to those three guys and if you add Austin in there those four guys because we live in a landscape where I mean I know you just said that that that's never happened in Mason that doesn't happen anywhere um, any chance that um, guys get a chance to vote and just kind of go something you know go somewhere else and see something different they do it that's what the portal has become um, and 
you know, both, um, I'm sorry, Ronald Polite, um, obviously Malik and Dev Dinkins, you know, they could have bolted out the door, but that was my first, as many calls as I was making, trying to fill the other positions. I had to try to build the relationship as organic and as fast as possible with those guys. And my message to those guys were clear, you know, you look around the room, <laughs> there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of real estate and a lot of new guys that are going to have to come in and learn so much. You guys know the place, you guys know the culture of as far as the university is concerned, but you guys also know and understand the grass is never greener on the other side. You know, this, this place is, is, is different for me than it was for the coaches that you guys have played for. No disrespect to those guys, but you know, this place raised me. Um, we wouldn't be here if I didn't go to George Mason. And I think that message to those guys, they were familiar with me. Um, obviously they're familiar with the, with the history that we've had. It, it was, it, it was really easy to sit down and talk to those guys. Um, you know, you kind of, when you go through a situation like this, you got to get to know those guys. It's like the first stage. And then you got to like re-recruit them and then continue to re-recruit them. But I felt like after our first conversation that I had with those guys individually, um, those guys like showed up right away and just started working. And I think the work um, and then gaining trust with not just myself, but with my staff, um, they bought in and they stayed home. Something that, that just does, doesn't happen. So I got to give those guys a lot of credit. And the same goes to Austin Ball. You know, we had, I believe, three guys. Or was it four? I'm, my numbers in my head is just all over the place now with how many guys we have to we have to kind of figure out. I believe it was I think it was three. You know, it was four. Austin was one of four committed, I believe. And I had my conversations with those guys and, um, you know, they chose to do something different, but Austin, you know, he stayed home. He's an easy guy to have a conversation with. And my first conversation with him, you know, I thought he was just like, you know, you know, pretending to be this high energy, um, just super conversational um, freshman. But from that first conversation till now, you know, I mean, he's, he's by far, the biggest energy on this team as a freshman. And I love that about him. And I love that um, for our program. He's been, I mean, he's been phenomenal for a freshman. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a kid that, you know, I've seen play at the Capitol classic um, uh, uh, someone that, you know, is, is close enough to, from here, you know, it's, so it's like, it's, it's nice. Well, to... we, we, we saw him at homecoming. I mean, I, th I oh, actually yeah. didn't really think, yeah. Awesome <laughs> ball, like loves Mason. Like I, you know, so I think he was just super stoked to commit and, and come. So, uh, you know, we're excited to have ball, but yeah, I mean, he, he's, we, we don't get like a lot of West Virginia, you know, kids ever. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, it's kind of unique. Yeah, I'm excited to get kind of into the guys, you know, the other guys that you brought in. Um, not to not to not talk about the returning guys a, a, a lot, but just you know, we know a good amount about them. Uh, Jared Billups, I believe your first commit here, uh, a guy that on tape shows uh, versatility, super strong on the defensive end, can get to the bucket. Um, tell us a little bit about him and, and where you see him fitting. Yeah, no, Jared. Jared Jared's been, um, you know. You talk about pressing, um, you know, he's going to be right at the head of that press um, from a defensive standpoint. He's, he's a defensive, um, just a specimen physically. You know, he's got the speed. Um, he understands the game. He understands who he is. But then offensively, I think that, you know, he had a slight injury that kind of affected um, affected him offensively shooting the basketball um, last year and a half or so at Siena. He's now healthy. And so you watch him in practice you know, mechanically, I mean, he's making, he's making threes. And so he's a guy that I think he's going to be able to raise his level 
um, from a personal standpoint and be able to help this team. He's a leader. He's vocal. Um, and so far, so good with him. Yeah, we heard that he has, uh, you know, that dog in him, apparently. Like, he's just a scrappy, you know, will bang with anyone. So, uh, yeah, it, w- was it, um, you know, just a coincidence that he was the first get? Or was it was there something specifically about him that you were like, you know, I need him, you know, and, and you know, as the first domino and the rest will fall after? Uh, when you when you have when you have 10 or 9 or 10 scholarships to fill, there's no, you know, there's no scheme. It's It's just... I wouldn't say first come, first serve. It's, you know, he's a guy that I think is a great, great piece. And it wasn't one of those things where it was Jared Jared Villas versus somebody else. You know, there's there's nine roster spots. That's a lot of real estate. And I just think it was a sliding scale of, you know, when we had him on campus, when other programs had him on campus, um, us prioritizing him and him just kind of seeing where the opportunity was. Um, these guys aren't freshmen. They're not in high school. They've been through this process before. And it's just very, very, very easy for them to see kind of the window of what makes sense um, in that portal. So he was just a guy just coincidentally that committed to us, um, I guess you could say, first. Yeah, and we were super proud to get him because we knew who else was in the running. And to beat that other school meant a hell of a lot to us. So uh, that was a big get. Uh, what about next up, Woody Newton, uh, an, you know, another Maryland product. I know, you know, it, 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 he just received his waiver and, and you know, he came from Oklahoma State. He's big. He's versatile. You know, what are your thoughts on Woody? How do you plan on deploying him? You know, he is a guy that I have no idea. Like I watched a few practices like I don't know. He's like he's like almost the tallest guy on the court. And it's just like, where is this guy fit in? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, if you if you watch um, at Oklahoma State, he started, I want to say he started over 20 games. Um, he's a guy you can really plug at um, a lot of different uh, positions. You look at his length at six, you know, six, eight, six, nine from a defensive standpoint. I mean, he doesn't even have to do much. All he has to do is just stand there and spread his arms around. Um, but his versatility is going to allow him to help us, you know, on both ends of the floor. I had a previous relationship. Um, with Woody, I recruited him the first time around when he initially went to um, Syracuse and I was at Seton Hall. And that's how some of these things just kind of happened. Um, he obviously had an unfortunate situation with that brought him home. And the timing of everything, once he put himself in the portal, the timing of everything just kind of, it just kind of clicked. Um, but again, he's a guy that, he's a four-year guy. He's been, um, he's been a part of some really good programs, some really respectable programs. He knows how to play. Um, I think he's got a, make another jump just from a leadership standpoint because he's had um you know he's had a role that I think doesn't fit who he is um at least in the places that he's been but I think that he's um he's had a really really good three weeks um and I'm gonna you know expect for him to continue to just get better to be able to help us he's Sean Hall um you know there was obviously (laughs) some 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 buzz on him um during the recruiting process uh a guy that Obviously, can score at multiple levels. He seems like if he catches it on the perimeter, and his decision's already made up that he can get to the that he's going to the bucket, that he's going to get to the bucket. And then he also has like a a little three as well. Uh, he, he seems to, to to knock him down at a good clip. So, curious about Keyshawn Hall, probably the guy I'm personally most excited for uh, as both watching and and following the process. You know, Keyshawn was. Um, I saw Keyshawn for the first time two years ago when I was at Ohio State. I went to go watch another kid that was committed to us. He's an Ohio kid, obviously, and he's playing on, forget the name of the AAU team. 
And I just remember this six, seven kid at the time, he was probably 285, 290, but he was the best player on the floor. And I just remember walking away from that, like, man, that kid's talented, man. He's, you know, he's got to figure some things out as far as his body's concerned, but he's got a chance. Um, didn't think about Keyshawn Hall for, you know, 20 months. And then I get the job and then I see his name in the portal and I'm like, this is intriguing. You know, let's, 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 uh, let's dig. And one thing led to another, he showed up on his visit and the kid was down 60 pounds. Um, and just so for me, you know, from his versatility, um, how skilled he is, um, the dedication it takes for somebody while in college to be able to shred those type of pounds, you know, he was he was definitely for me a no brainer. And you, like you you alluded to earlier, you know, he was being recruited at a high level out of the portal. And I think he made the decision to come to George Mason because he saw the opportunity, um, not only just the playing time, but just really an opportunity to continue to just develop um, as a basketball player, but also a young man. Um, and we were able to, you know, win that battle. And I mean, he's to me, as he continues to learn and we continue to just get better collectively as a team. He's a mismatch nightmare at six seven because he's really a big guard that can do um, pretty much everything. You know, he'll have a chance to you know post up. He'll have a chance to do some things in the on the perimeter. Um, you know, you put him at the elbow and you know in the ISO situation. There's not a lot of not a lot of guys in, in this league at his position that's going to be able to stay in front of him. So I'm really excited about him. Yeah, we we were impressed by his tape. He he was a big man that moved sort of like a, a point guard, or you know, he just had the moves of someone that you know was five ten. So um, the 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 slimming down is that something that he's trying to do for himself? Is he trying to become more versatile as a player? Is he you know, it, you know, is this a strategic thing, or is he just trying to be healthy? Like, what do you? No, see I think with- I, I think it's just a I, I want to be a pro thing. You know, when when you're you know, six, seven, two eighty-five, and you're out there, you know, dominating guys. I think it's like that 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 light bulb clicks. Like, hey, if I can get, um, you know, in better shape and look the part and be able to move a little bit better and have a little bit more pop, it's hard to just dedicate yourself to that. And so I think that that was that was all him. Um, and he's 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 kept that way since being with us. He's starting to put a little bit more weight on. Um, which I think is a good thing because he's going to be, you know, as physical as he is, I think he's going to need those extra pounds that we can now turn into um, turn into some muscle. Um, he's down to, you know, I think he's at like 230 now. So I like the weight that he's at. Um, he's just got to continue to just take care of his body um, and continue to grow just in all facets of his game. Trey Wood, um, I saw him in practice and uh, he took his jersey off and that man is like ripped like he's about to – be a bodybuilder on this like if he like he could do like the backwards flex and with extra spray yeah. hand like yeah. i was shocked i was like is this guy a, a basketball player and so you know i was curious you know where where he fits in um because you know there seems to be a, a bit of a log jam at point guard you know it's gonna obviously it's gonna it's to my opinion uh probably some of the best competition uh will you'll see um is for that spot or those however however many spots are gonna play and, and Trey Wood is a guy, obviously, we were in on early uh, when he was coming out of high school. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, is is he going to get clock? And at, at, at the same time, um, you know, he seems like he he's a guy that can create and can use his speed and his athleticism, athleticism to get to where he wants to go. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Trey is um, – <laughs> 
Trey's old as, as hell to start with. Um, I coached Trey, and so did Coach. I coached Trey as I was transitioning uh, from coaching AAU um, and getting my first college job at La Tech. So there was a pre-existing relationship there. And then he also played for uh, Coach Lamar Butler while he spent some time at St. John's before going over to Paul the Six. And so we were very, very familiar with Trey. Um, like you mentioned, you know, he's one of those guys. And, again, as you start to put this thing together, um, it, it's hard to really um, say, hey, you know, I'm going to have a, a point guard or, or, or a guard logjam problem. You know, you're working with non-scholarships. you got to put your roster together. And a lot of times um, in this business, especially for a first-time – not I'm sorry, not a first-time head coach, but um, when you take over a program – um, especially that late and you're, you're getting in the portal. Most coaches won't say it. I will. When you have nine scholarships, coaches are going after two or three dudes that, you know, that are priority that can really help them. And then those other six or seven guys, they're, they're, it's almost, it almost becomes a game of, you know, you got to take what you can get and build from there. Um, I, I'm, I'm, that's not the case with George Mason and what we did. And Trey Wood is a perfect example of that. Um, I think, you know, He's one of those kids you talk about getting in the paint. There's there's not a lot of people that can stay in front of Trey Wood. Um, you know, we got to continue to just kind of help him navigate his pace a little bit and just changing his speed. But he's fast twitch. Um, you know, he'll be a guy. He'll be a guy at the top of that press. And I just imagine, you know, a Trey Wood and, and, and a Jared and a Jared Phillips at the front of a two two one press. That that's that's Patriot pressure. Um, and so far, so good with Trey. You know, he's got to continue to do some things to just kind of help himself. But, you know, it, 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 we do have the depth, but as fast as we're going to play, guys are going to need some breaks. And I'm confident that we'll be able to try to manage the, uh, the minutes for those guys, including Trey. And then uh, one of the other early gets uh, from the staff, Amari Kelly, um, you know, a veteran presence, uh, you know, coming by way of uh, UNCW. You know, what do you see him bringing this year at the five? Um, obviously brings, you know, uh, you know, minutes and, and just, you know, a veteran mindset. What, what do you, <laughs> I didn't want to use that word, but uh, what do you, what do you see uh, from Amari, uh, you know, for this year? No, I mean, a veteran mindset, you hit it on the head. I mean, you, you win with, you win with, with, with age, you know, this is another guy that's a fifth year guy. Um, another guy that's been in the league, you know, earlier in his career kind of went away and he figured it out at UNC Wilmington. You know, I don't think his numbers does him any justice. He averaged about nine and six in like 22 minutes, um, but was very, very, very efficient in those touches. And um, I, I would say through our eight weeks collectively as a staff, we've, we've been really, really impressed with him. Um, you know, he's skilled. He's a lefty. Um, he's got great touch when, you know, when you look at him, he doesn't necessarily have the girth that you would see in, you know, some other fives. But around that rim, he's super active and he's able to do some things with his skill set where he can stretch the floor. Um, he's able to shoot the basketball. So you'll see him. Um, you'll see him at the five, but you'll see him at the four a little bit as well. And when you're talking about him playing at the four, um, mm -hmm. how does that kind of fit as, as far as having two bigs on the on the floor at the same time? Um, you know, we've seen a, a little bit of that in recent years, but it wasn't something that we saw under Paulson at all. Um, so I'm just kind of curious how, how is that like a 
does anything change in the offense when you go to that two big lineup or is it still kind of flowing the same? Uh, not, not, nothing changes. I'm, I'm comfortable with putting him at the four just because he is that skill and he is able to make decisions. He kind of knows himself. He's not a guy that's going to try to do um, too much because, you know, he's typically a big. And sometimes when you put those bigs in the perimeter, um, you know, there, there's just a little bit lost in the sauce. He's got maturity. He understands the position and he just allows – um, he allows me from a flexibility and trying to make sure I get these other guys minutes. Um, thankfully, he is skilled enough to, 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 to do both. Nico, uh, let's keep it in the in the realm of the centers. Um, a, a guy that really can rock the rim. Like it looks very effortless. Uh, his forearms are above the rim on like every dunk. Uh, a, a guy that also shows like athleticism, not like a not like a slow five. Um, as mentioned, wanting to get him and Malik on the floor, uh, are we going to see kind of a rotation of of those three bigs at the five? Yeah, no, for sure. Nico's definitely, um, you know, at his at his size, his length at six ten. You know, he's what I would say you see at the power five level. Um, he's got bounce, he's got twitch, he's a rim protector. Um, you know, he's got he's got some things that he's got to continue to learn. Um, you know, I think that he's a guy that. You know, you throw him in the game and he might go make a play that just kind of sends and gets everybody off their feet. And so um, as we continue to get better as a team, I'm hoping he can just kind of pick pick up some things. Um, you know, he hasn't been playing basketball for, you know, for so long in the States. And so he's still moving the needle and just kind of learning not just hoops, but, you know, our system. Um, but he's he's got a chance, man. He's athletic. Um, he's got I me. Mean, he's probably got a seven one seven two wingspan, um, and we have days in practice when he just does something, and everybody just starts looking at each other like, "Holy smoke!" So um, I'm excited about him. Let's let's keep with the international flavor. Um, Baraka out of Canada is the sort of the lone freshman that your your staff personally targeted. We our recruiting guy David loved his games. Went and saw him a few times over the summer. Um, you know, what do you see as, you know, a role for him being a freshman wanting to get him minutes and some exposure, but obviously understanding that, you know, there's a lot of veterans on this, uh, roster. So what do you think about Baraka and how do you want to use him this year? Yeah, no, it's funny. You know, we, we, we talked about, you know, uh, Jared being the first guy that we had committed. I want to say Baraka was probably the first guy who gave us a commit. And, you know, with the way he played, because he was originally in the 2024 class and with the way he played through the summer, um, he, he took us through hell and back in that commitment process. We couldn't comment on it. We couldn't talk about it. Um, you know, we were <laughs> we, we were at the edge of our seats for, you know, what felt like the whole summer. Um, and, you know, that that was a good thing just because he was being recruited at a high level because he showed so much talent. Um, and typically guys like that late, you you don't get them at this level. Um, you know, he's mature for his age. He doesn't play and doesn't do things like a freshman. So I do think that IQ is going to give him um, – it's going to give him a chance. You know, again, he's another guy that can play both guard positions. Um, you got a bunch of guys that are interchangeable, and I think that just helps us. I don't want to have a guy that's, you know, just a point guard or a guy that's just – you know, a two, it just makes it a lot harder to get those guys in rotations and give them minutes. But, um, you know, he's been, you know, he's been, I would say he's been spectacular in practice thus far. He's young, man. He's got fresh legs. Some of these other guys are a little bit older. So I don't know if that's what it is, 
but he's definitely got the juice. He's got the pop. He makes plays for himself. He can, you know, make plays for others. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited, you know, about him. Love to hear that. Yeah, he so definitely Brock has a pop. He definitely has pop to him. Like it, one thing I saw in practice is that uh, he is seems pretty explosive uh, and mm. uh, can can jump, can get to where he needs to go. Um, and it's uh, he's got good size uh, for for a point guard. Um, so I'm definitely like you, you say. Is he act like a freshman ever? Like, or is that just kind of his demeanor? Like, are you seeing uh, the kid? This- the kid is the kid. The kid is a. I mean, he's and, and and he just turned 18 a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two ago. Um, so he's not one of those, you know, older freshmen, but you know, he's got an old soul, he's very mature. Um, he's he's a leader. You know, that's one of the things that we 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 watched early in the summer and fell in love with throughout um, you know, the rest of the summer while he was playing on the circuit. It was it was it was not easy, man, watching him, recruiting him, knowing that he's coming to us. But then watching the other coaches just kind of like, yo, who is this kid? Just because he just showed that much. Um, just a just a natural floor general that can really do pretty much everything on the floor, even from an offensive standpoint and even defensively, he gets after it. Jalen yeah. Jalen Haynes, uh the guy was rocking pigtails, like bullying people, like definitely a player that I can't personally give like a Mason comparison to like in my time of being a fan if you could give a comp um to any player that you've kind of been around that that you can he just like when i've seen him in practice just kind of just kind of like the just the bull in the china shop just like watch out and uh he kind of yeah, like, like play tight ends in my opinion like when watching this guy um so yeah, that's, curious, a, that's, a, that's a good way to, to to put it man and i don't want to take shots at my guy man it's one of my best friends in the world I don't mind doing this because this is all love on this, on this, uh, on this podcast. But I think in a post, he, he, if I could compare him to anybody in the last fifteen years, and again, I might just be—I don't want to discredit anybody. When you throw the ball inside to him, you know you're confident that something good is going to happen, and you better get out the way. And the last time I can think of somebody like that, it was Jai Lewis. Um, when he's got his back to the basket. And he's using, you know, his lower body to kind of do what he wants. It, it it usually ends well. And so far, it's been a nightmare for our guys that have had to guard him. Um, but he's the load, man. I mean, he's he's versatile as well. I mean, he's able to now catch it on the perimeter. And he can handle, he can do some things. Again, he has to learn some things within our system. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, when we stretch the floor and we're going five out and he's at the top of the key, like, whoever that other five man is like, he's going to be in trouble. Um, so he's been, um, he's been a guy that's been, it's been, it's been easy to coach him just because of how hard he plays. Um, you know, he was the one guy that showed up to all his Kennedy league games because he's that competitive. Um, he loves to talk junk, um, but it comes from a positive space, but I'm excited about him. Obviously we got Woody's waiver um, and, and we're just kind of waiting on NCAA um, to make that decision. So we can just kind of see where he fits in with us and our rotation. All right. Well, last and certainly not least, uh, let's talk about Darius Maddox, uh, you know, player that had success at Virginia Tech. I know he, you know, when when choosing, you know, in the transfer portal, you know, there were other bigger name, you know, programs involved. You know, what does his veteran leadership bring to this team? You know, what should Mason Nation know about 
Maddox, and are you excited to coach him up? I'm, 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 I can't believe you guys waited to the last, to the last guy that asked me about Darius Maddox. Um, no, I'm, it was I'm, strategic. It was strategic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, this is a guy that I recruited him at Seton Hall. Came down to Seton Hall and in, in, in Virginia Tech, I was pissed at him when he didn't come to Seton Hall. Um, the plan was for him to come and replace you know, arguably the, the the best guard that the Big East has seen in a long time, which is Miles Powell. Um, you would have had a chance to play alongside Miles for a year and then really have a chance to come in behind him. And, you know, he said no to me. Um, but we stayed, we stayed in contact. You know, I have a really, really good relationship with his mom and dad. And when I originally took the job as he was departing Virginia Tech, I wouldn't say it was easy. Um, it was just one of those things like, man, you, you said no to me once, man. This is a completely different seat. You can't say no to me again. Um, I know he took a visit to um, a certain program in, in our league, actually maybe one or two programs in our league. But when he took his Penn State visit, um, you know, I was a little worried for 48 hours because I think he's that good. Um, any guy that can make, you know, almost 63s in the, in the, in the, in the uh, ACC I think it's pretty safe to say that he can help you in the A-10. Um, you know, he's been to two NCAA tournaments. Um, you know, he's fast twitched. He's getting better with making, you know, doing something different than he's done in the past with the ball, give him a chance to play make a little bit. Um, but when you watch him in practice, if the guy's got time and space, and sometimes even when he doesn't have time and space, it's a good chance he's going in. So I'm excited about him. Um, he's been He's been phenomenal. You know, he's got to make a jump as a leader. Um, because again, this is his fourth year, but we've got an older group and, you know, he's right there at the nucleus of it. He had a block on Malik that on, on the day one of practice, that was pretty insane. We got it on yeah. film. Um, I think it was even already posted somewhere, uh, showed his athleticism, which I don't think like that in my three times I, I really picked up on, like, you know, it seems like a, I don't know if you remember a Sherrod Wright. Um, yes, I do remember Sherrod. Yep. Kind of very similar to me in a very brief uh, observation. Uh, just kind much, of much, like a... much, much better shooter. Okay. <laughs> it's good to hear. Um, I, I would say that, you know, I haven't seen his athleticism until that play. And yeah. it was like sneaky. It, it, it looked so effortless. And he was definitely higher than Malik. And it was just like, I don't He just like pinned it on, on the backboard. Yeah, no, I think that's that's um, he's done that a couple of times now, and he's starting to show that um, he's got other facets of his game that I think is untapped. Um, you know, he's having having a chance now to have a bigger role, and so he's he's buying into it. And you know, I know the exact play that you're talking about, and it was like that was like the third time he did it, and we're looking at each other as a staff, like you know, that's a winning play. Um, those are winning possessions, and he's obviously been a part of a good program. And anytime you have a chance to have a guy like that on your roster with that type of experience, doing those type of things, um, you know, it, it makes you feel good about, you know, what you have. This has been awesome. We just, we just went through every player in a good amount of time. That was complete in-depth analysis on our entire roster, which is almost brand new. Um, I do have a couple follow-up questions as more of like a whole, and, and then we're going to let you get out of here. I'm curious about the the two two one. My arm hairs stood up when you said uh, Trey Wood and Jared Billups. That's Patriot pressure. I mean that we're gonna tweet that out immediately. Um, and so, like, you know, I'm curious, like, how does a uh, a roster of our size fit into a 
uh, a press style? Like it seems like bigger guys. Are we fast enough? Does the two two one allow you to to play more stationary? That you know, how does like a team of our size and makeup fit uh, the two two one that you're looking to run? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that can be a little bit misleading is when you hear two two one, you're thinking just all out press. Um, just all out pressure and, and, and in doses, you're going to see that. Um, but our two, two, one is going to be a combination of we'll, we'll get after it when we need to get after it. But for the most part, um, you know, you're going to see a two, two, one that kind of, you know, transforms into a matchup zone. You know, the whole intent for, for, for me from a two, two, one standpoint or from a pressing standpoint um, is to really make the other team, make the offense have to think. Um and if you're having to think with less time on the shot clock, it puts us in a better situation. And I, I don't really want to go too much and too much into detail of what that looks like. Um, but again, as you look at our roster, you know, you know, with the exception of, you know, maybe Nico, maybe Amari, those guys are going to be in the back line of that press. And there's not just a lot of things that they're going to be doing in that press. And I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable with, you know, the rest of those guys being able to, kind of applying that pressure in their positions, you know, with Jared, whether it's Jared, whether it's Keyshawn, um, Trey Wood, you know, Darius is fast switch, even Malik for a big, like you can kind of put him in that second line because he is pretty agile, um, you know, at his position. So you'll see a bunch of different combinations and we're going to be able to turn it on. And at times we might have to turn it off. It's going to be, um, it's going to be personnel driven just based on who we're playing and, you know, what I kind of see. Campus has changed so much. Obviously, you've been busy. You've been to other schools all throughout the country, even the world. What is it like walking campus now, knowing you were a part of, you know, necessities to build what we've built? Uh, it's like you can almost put a stamp on it, in my opinion. And, and I'm wondering what you feel, you know, walking campus, seeing uh, Robinson Hall. I, I didn't even I was there just for practice. I didn't even know where I was. You know, it's like, yeah, no doubt. So, like, what are your it, thoughts? Like, you know, just kind of having the full a full spectrum of uh from yeah, it's been it's been it's been it's been. I still have to give myself like my own personal tour of campus because it's a completely different place. When you have to fill your roster, you have nine scholarships to fill. You know, there yeah, we probably brought I don't know twenty five plus people on campus, maybe even more than that, maybe thirty, and you're giving them this 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 tour of campus and. You're trying, you're, you're trying to make it look like you know what the hell you're talking about. Um, but this place has been, you know, it's been changed so much. It's grown so much. I, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely excited. I got to find some time to actually kind of get around campus and kind of reteach myself some of these places that, you know, didn't exist when I was here. But, you know, it's also part of the reason why I want this thing to work so much. Um, I wouldn't consider it pressure. I would consider it, um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but I'm also – um, I'm excited, man. This is home. This is, this is, you know, coming to Georgia Mason was one of the best decisions of my life. And that run that we had in 2006, it's, it's one of those things where even while it was happening, um, after it happened, it didn't really sink in to, for me personally, on what it actually meant. Um, until I got into coaching, you know, you're busy as a pro, you're playing, you're trying to make money, you're trying to elevate. And I was kind of stuck in doing my own thing um, and always trying to just reinvent myself after the 2006 run. But once I got into coaching and I got a chance to just be at different places and, you know, valuing different things, that's when it really kicked in for me on how special and how hard it was what we accomplished. 
Um, and then now fast forward, being able to be at the helm of it, it's been, I mean, it's, I, I still have, you know, at least a minute or two a day where I'm just like, man, I can't really believe that I'm in this position. And so I'm just proud to be here. I'm excited and um, looking forward to just what the, uh, what the future holds with this program. And coach, uh, you know, we, we've interviewed, you know, previous coaches, uh, Dave Paulson, Kim English, and one of our favorite questions to ask, you know, before the, the start of a year is, you know, for me personally, is how will you define success this year? Uh, what do you what do you see as a successful season in your first year? Man, that's a good question, man. I, I'll say this. It's got to be it's a different day and age, man. You got to be sharp with your words in all interviews. I, I don't think that this is a rebuild. You know, I think it's easy to say, um, oh, it's just year one. You know, I'm not trying to lay the foundation of, you know, it's year one. I need time. I think that we aggressively put together um, our roster to compete to win. And anytime you have the type of talent that I think we were able to recruit, there's always a chance. I mean, that's all you can ask for. How we manage that, how I manage that rotations in different parts of the game that, you know, we've got to be able to manage, you know, that's something that, um, I'm just going to have to continue to learn. It's not, it's a little bit different because it's a different seat. Um, but I've been a part of this basketball thing for, for a long time. Um, and then looking at my roster, you know, I said this to my team, I think at the end of my, our first practice or maybe the, our last workout before our official practice, you know, I've been a part of some really, really good programs, um, that when you look at, you know, whether it's the death and being able to play, you know, five or six guys or, you know, 12 or 13 guys, I've always been a little bit of a pessimist when looking at those rosters in the last eight years um, of me coaching personally. Um, this is the first time um, that I've looked at my roster, looked at the talent and said, you know, I'm very, very optimistic about my team. So again, not comparing um, this roster to the 016, not comparing it to the previous regime and um, you know, those guys in that team, I'm not, you know, it's a completely different style of play. Um, and so I think for us, man, you know, year, year one is going to be, it's going to be an exciting year. Um, I think people are excited to kind of see, um, a little bit of a dose of what they saw when, you know, things were rolling here at George Mason. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited about that. I think that the biggest part of this is as hard as our guys are going to be playing, as hard as they're going to be competing, um, we want to be able to reward those guys by, by making sure people are at EBA supporting those guys. Um, there's different components of, of, of winning and being um, a good team. And as good as these guys are, you know, that atmosphere is just as important. You know, so I would say um, just to flip the question um, 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 back to you guys, as much support as these guys can get um, in our arena and our home floor needs to feel like, it really needs to feel like Patriot pressure more than any other place that we go play. Yeah, that's our goal. That's why By George started was to uh, was to reinvigorate the fan base and, and the students. And we're going to do that again. Uh, we're, we're not going anywhere. And we we are excited uh, to cover a Tony Skin led team. Um, we can't express it enough. Uh, our gratitude uh, for you choosing to come here. We know that you would have other options. We know that. You know, we know that what you've done, we follow it like like sometimes we know the coaches got to probably be like, how how these guys know, you know, like where, where, where are they getting their info? Um, because we're on it. And that leads me to my last question. 
yeah. about recruiting. Um, and, you know, it seems like you guys have had uh, a very strong strategy and it seems like you have, uh, it seems like you have a uh, necessary demeanor to attack recruiting. And I'm curious, we've got, we know about our visits uh, um, and I'm curious what those visits look like when they come to campus are they getting steak dinners out are you going to dc going to arlington is it a is it a stay on campus vibe is it all, all the all the family together are you isolating the kids like what is a what does a tony skin visit look like well tony a tony kid um tony kid a tony skin visit looks like um every kid that steps on campus has a different dynamic we we don't try to put all our visits in one box we try to be creative if I've got a kid coming from, you know, Dallas, Texas, that's never been to Washington, D.C., I want to show them what Washington, D.C. looks like as, as you know, a suburb or right down the road from Fairfax. So maybe we're doing dinner um, on the first night in D.C. Um, maybe we're, 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 we're staying in D.C. to just kind of show them around so they don't know the place and we know how um, endless the opportunities are in the DMV. And so maybe we're showing that to them for 25 percent of the visit. You know, we're waking up the next morning and, you know, we're coming on campus um, where it's, it's I mean, the real estate on on this campus, it's it's just so much to cover, so much to, to, to see. Um, and then we're getting in depth with, you know, the basketball piece. We always start with um, a presentation that just kind of gives them um, just kind of the general information on the university, what the cut, what the scholarship comes with, um, some of the basketball history. And then we dive into towards the end of the visit. Um, the basketball piece, um, the, the development piece, both on the court and off the court. Um, but again, what that looks like from a from a uh, from a totality of a visit, um, who's involved as far as you know our our player hosts or our team, it, it all just really comes down to what we think fits the kid that's um, on campus. Obviously, we're here to sell George Mason. Um, we're here to sell the program, myself, my staff. Um, but more importantly, it's about the kid on his visit and. I think we've done a pretty good job in just making sure we're identifying and just knowing who the person is that's on campus and the people that um, that are coming with them. That's awesome perspective. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you know, uh, GMU recruiting on, on on Twitter is always all over it. Um, there, so if you don't follow them, uh, Mason Nation, go ahead and look for look up GMU recruiting. Throw them a follow. We didn't touch on NIL. We didn't touch on other things. This podcast, we'd love to have you back on um, in the future. Uh, you know, we are uh, we are extreme fans of yours. And, you know, we know it's uh, 930 at night right now as we're recording. So you've given us plenty of your time um, late into the evening. So, Tony, thank you so much. Uh, we're rooting for you. Uh, we'll be at more practices, more games. And 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 tell me, is is practice open? Like if 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 friend, if fans want to come, is there going to be a fan practice one that they're going to be able to see, or is there opportunities there? Yeah, I think I think I think there's going to be. Um, we're going to have an open practice here coming up shortly. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, I want to, I want to leave things open, but at the same time, I want our guys focused. Um, this is that time of the year where you know we just. You know, for me, distractions is, is everything because we got so much to learn. Um, but we're going to have, I want to say, without looking at the calendar, we're definitely going to have an official open practice. And then there might be another practice or two that we leave a window open for, um, you know, people to come see us practice as well. 
Love that. I'm Looks getting like- I'm getting word uh, October 14th is the open practice date. Yeah, so that makes sense. <laughs> we know everything. <laughs> um, again, we appreciate it, Jones. Uh, thank you. Uh, again, this is Brian and Jones of By George going into year nine. I'm sized. Like this interview got me so excited. Uh, yeah. And Tony, you know, great interview. You were so real. And, um, you know, just speaking up your squad, your your uh, staff and everything, I, I, I think mason nation has something to be like really excited for this year so thank you no this is uh this has been great man anytime you guys want to have me on man this is what it's about you know i gotta be able to pour into the people that support us and 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 hopefully that can just be uh you know magnified 10 times man so i'm all in whenever you guys need me man i'd love to come jump on with you guys all right we'll talk to you tomorrow then (laughs) <laughs> 9 a.m <laughs> all right uh awesome we'll, we'll talk to you soon again this is by george we're out